back to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler here with Johnny. Johnny, what's going on? Oh, man, we got so much good stuff. Tyler, I'm so happy to be talking to you right now. I'm pretty happy to be here, Johnny. We just ran a Patreon poll for what So You Want to Collect episode is going to be next. And the people have spoken, Johnny. They sure have. And we ignored them. Oh, no, we're not going to just roll with it. And okay, we're just there's no joke to be had that's fine oh, we wanted I, to talk about uh, I, did, I didn't know you wanted you I, you were gonna put this I was on gonna our play Patreons this like episode this? upbeat but also semi straight but we're oh, just okay. gonna it's all for giggles and laughs it's for the S&G you know the S&G right shits and giggles I get that's it, it. Yeah, I get it there. I, was, I thought you said XPG I don't know uh, no XPG we'll get to an XPG later <laughs> Uh, Johnny, for some reason, we're going to talk about the R-Zone. Yes, And I are. guess we're, are we just, you're just saying this is the April Fool's episode? Yeah. We weren't even well, going to, like, attempt to make the episode and then be like, ah, we're just fucking with you. Well, I mean, it's going to be real data. <laughs> like, the Flush with Flush episode is an April Fool's episode that we did. Uh, but it's a real no, episode. No, it wasn't. You were, you hyped that episode for, like, two years. And I don't even remember what games we talked about. We talked about lots of games, but we did it as an April Fool's episode. Okay. And here you know, I get it. I I get flush with plush now because I understand how excited you were about like plush games. And now I'm just like looking for these limited editions from like 1990 and earlier. Yeah. Make sure you get, you make sure you get those uh, FAO Schwartz bears. I don't see. I don't remember what you're talking about. Even what are you talking about? You, the bear that comes with, um, oh my God. Uh, you don't it's even know what you're talking about. I can't remember the game that it comes with. Uh, yeah, it's uh, F.A.O. Schwartz. Um, God damn. We're, we're just going to sound awful right off the bat. No one cares about that. Go listen to the episode. There's one of them that comes with the bear. Yeah, from F.A.O. Schwartz. Johnny, Tiger handheld LCD games. Is not a good thing to collect. We've made fun of it quite a bit. Uh, I think it might be Connectables. cooler to collect. Connectables. Ours. Oh my God, connectable. <laughs> Johnny, in the uh, short amount of research we actually did for this episode, I want to say I was very surprised how bad our zone information was. Like, I wasn't so expecting our zone information to be good, but I think in literally like an hour of just compiling sources and doing the barest minimum of like getting dates. And like, you know, maybe a, a hint of rarity about these cartridges. Our episode document is probably the best document on our zone that has ever been written. It it surely is. And I mean, it's, it was more than an hour because uh, earlier in the week, I spent some time in developing the document. And then we did like an hour. Here. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah. So you did do something before. Yeah. yeah, but, uh, yeah yes. I just let's start out. Johnny, there's no information about the R zone and no. people clearly collect it, but no one has ever did anything more than like a YouTube video of here's my weird R zone and the five games I have for it. That's that's basically it. And it's not just that there isn't R zone information out there. It's that all the R zone information is terrible because everybody has just copied and pasted from like whatever little information they found and they just took it as gospel or they couldn't find any counter sources to it. So there's a lot of places that say there's only eight games. Wikipedia has games. They have their names wrong. There's games that are rumored that said they were canceled. There's games 
that just don't exist at all that some sites are listing good uh good deal games uh your source for bad info all the time but and like a lot of these like um racket boy has an article and that one's like pretty good but that's over a decade old no one cares about the R zone except for like some weird nostalgia thing though. Everyone's like, Oh man, remember the R zone? What a piece of shit. That's, but they like say it with some sort of love. I don't understand. Mm, I, I don't know. I might've, it might be because I'm a little bit younger than you, Johnny, as someone who watched a lot of cartoons in the mid to late nineties, I want to say R zone commercials are iconic. That is, they yeah, are one of the most memorable commercials of the nineties. I think. And if you haven't seen one, just go watch any of them. I'm pretty sure they're all very similar. It's a kid's floating head in like with like blue lights on it, and he's playing the red game. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about what an R zone is. I'm sure there are people listening to this who don't know what an R zone is, but he's playing the R zone, and uh, projected over his face will be the cutout LCD game in red, and it looks like garbage. And then they'll flash like a half second of the real arcade game, and they'll be like, "Hey." He's playing Battle Arena to Shinden. He's playing Daytona. And they'll flash it to make it look exciting. And it'll be a, a real quick flash. So it's like, whoa, I just got a, a, a pulse of a fighting game. That was awesome. When actually it's like the biggest piece of shit in the world. Oh, it, it's so terrible. And the print ads, like, the print ads aren't very good. You Like, you'll see the same, like, kind of floating stuff. Also, mixed in with all this bad information is, I don't know if you've ever heard of this other R-Zone by a little-known company that went bankrupt not so long ago, Toys R Us. So I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Their R Zone, where they put video game stuff versus this R Zone, which you could probably buy in the R Zone, but they are not related at all, except so, that they. It's just so it's just bad information, bad marketing. Just oh man, the R Zone is so bad. The R Zone. Is so bad. What well, like should we tell people what the R zone is? I guess we should tell people what the R zone yeah. is, Johnny. Okay. Um, you wanna... I'm gonna say the Go the ahead. most it, the R zone is a console that could not figure out its identity that only had like 27 games. Uh, it was a response to the Virtual Boy. It was no because a the product Boy that came was out made like... to confuse parents about the Virtual Boy. Yes, <laughs> or trick I think kids, that's maybe. It. I think they, I think Tiger, it's made by Tiger Electronics. I think Tiger saw this and they said, we have something we could do really quick and uh, latch onto an idea of. And then they made the R zone because literally the virtual boy came out and nobody knew that the virtual boy sucked. Clearly Tiger Electronics didn't because they based their whole color scheme, look and identity around this thing. People say, oh, it's kind of loosely bad. It wasn't, it wasn't competing with it. Bullshit. It, It wasn't competing because it couldn't. Like, if you can't compete with the Virtual Boy, wow, you've really failed. But also, this thing was just, like, definitely just latched onto the idea of it, thought it was going to be Nintendo's next big thing, and they were, like, hoping to get that money. Like, parents walk in and they're like, I'm not paying $100 or $150, $200 for a, a Virtual Boy. Oh, this thing's $30? It's red and black, and uh, it also gives my kids migraines. They'll love it. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, um, their previous business model of making little handheld things to compete with the Game Boy with just complete garbage compared to like spending 
a little bit more to get a Game Boy and like one game versus a stack of shitty handhelds. That model worked out for them for like over a decade. Oh, absolutely. And that's why I said, I think they had, they had the technology, they had the right people and saw and said, Oh, we can do this. We have some, like the virtual boy came out and they're just like, let's do it. And just turn this thing out, uh, really quick. So it came out, um, virtual boy came out in 1995 here, I believe. And this thing came out at Christmas time, 1995. So I didn't check the official launch date of the virtual. Yeah. It was was late 1995 for $30. Yeah. But I want to know that was, I know the R zone came out like November, December holiday, uh, Christmas, you know, 1995. I just think the virtual boy, I want to say maybe it was like August or something in America, but I can't remember. Um, anyways, we should tell people more about what it is. Uh, the first iteration, and there are multiple for a game console that died in 1997. This thing has, uh, four different versions. The first one, much like the virtual boy, uh, you know, was a head unit. So you like strap this thing onto your head and you have this LCD cartridge. This is where Tiger departs from its normal business model. They've made a cartridge that you plug into a console. And this console is basically just the controller and it's got way too many buttons uh, for what's going on. It has like 10 buttons, but only four of them uh, actually do anything for the game. The other six that go well, across... Well, they're just copying the Virtual Boy because the Virtual Boy did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, But this one had like a ton of buttons. Like It's like sound on, sound off, like just dumb buttons that really like they any anybody who spent more than like i don't know 10 days trying to figure this thing out would have refined this button scheme so i'm saying had a d-pad on it some of them didn't have d-pads they had button (laughs) arrow buttons instead of an actual d-pad original one had a d-pad and uh this lcd in the cartridge would be projected through a mirror like it would show it up and then project through a mirror to this like weird pirate-esque eyepiece that like you wore in front of your head like, it looks it, like a dragon ball z scouter that you wear on top of one single eyeball but i believe if i remember correctly you wear it over one eyeball but the most comfortable way to play is to like look with both of your eyes at the one eyeball screen it's so weird yeah also like head movement or uh like like would distort the image you couldn't like really dial it in so it's hard to play and hard to look at that screen so it was this idea wasn't working out but it sold gangbusters initially so tyler this thing released yeah it sold great for about a two-month period and that two-month period is the holidays because all they had was like this one promo video there was no reviews nobody had it the thing literally got dumped into the stores Parents were like, yes, here's a cool item for my kids for Christmas. So it sold well. And then all of a sudden it didn't because uh, by like January, people were like, this thing sucks balls. Why did anybody, why, why did you do this to us? People immediately started reporting migraines, dizziness, uh, you know, less, less than a migraine, just like a regular headache, feeling sick about it. Uh, tension headaches from the band, which was too tight and also very cu- uncomfortable. Once the reviews start coming out, every every industrial magazine about video games that you know wasn't like Nintendo Power slammed this thing as a piece of garbage, pretty much. And Nintendo Power just because they don't talk about this stuff, like EGM and all, like all those magazines were like, this thing is terrible. Throw it in the garbage. Get rid of this thing. People have called it the worst console ever made. It's probably one of the most infamous. 
I don't know if it's the worst uh, because I haven't looked at enough of these like weird uh, tiny little console systems that survived less than two years. But um, I think for mass marketed ones, this is probably your worst console. And uh, I the design I, changed. I would dispute by that from the very few R Zone games I've played. Um, just based on the fact that uh, the racing games I've played are like LCD racing games, and in some sense, an LCD racing game is perfectly fine. You know exactly what it is. You have three lanes. You have the lines coming at you to give you the sense of speed, and you avoid cars. It's basically the simplest LCD game you can make, but that's the reason that is pretty yeah, playable. But- but they marketed this thing, mind you. That's not how they marketed it. Oh, they I don't care how they marketed a, it. But I know there are consoles no. that are completely irredeemable. So I think that I mean I don't I don't think that's redeemable. To be had with the R zone. I don't. I I I don't know if that's true. Like, not as a console. I I think my expectations for an LCD handheld are a lot different than it is for something you're calling like a portable console that's supposed to compete with the virtual boy. They tried to make you think that this thing was 3D and virtual reality. And it is, in fact, none of those things. That's literally how they marketed it. Yeah, oh, that's bad marketing. I'm that's not bad saying the R-Zone is good. I just bet I could find some obscure worse console. Uh, well, I, I didn't say obscure. I said most well-known bad. That's why that's I was pretty clear about that. Like the most m- well-known system, not like one of these weird, like even smaller than this, but like a system that people actually know and talk about the R-Zone for as much as they do. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if you would find one that rates lower. All right. I need to, uh, like, I don't know. Like I've never played an adventure vision. Johnny is an adventure vision. There's four adventure vision games. I've never heard of an adventure vision. Oh my God. And like, that's something that those digipress people would think is so cool. And you don't even know what it is. Okay. Yeah. So how Um, many people even know about digipress? That's, that's uh, what Turbo we're talking Express, about here. Turbo Express sucks because it has no games. It's just Turbo Graphics games. That sucks. Cool. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Game.com is like, I don't think is as well known as Zone, And I think that's a better system. Like what, what else you got? Also made by Tiger. I don't know. I, I will come back to you next week with research on the worst game. You know, it uh, could be the Zone. Okay. Uh, what? Uh, oh, this, so I could name like individual games. Like Tiger also made game watches. I had yes. a Super Mario World game watch, which was the worst thing. Terrible. So um, another thing about the system, which made it crappy, they all ran on batteries, all of them. And I don't think it ever got to the point where they made an adapter, like a plug, a power outlet adapter for them. I might be wrong, but I don't think that that ever happened. So, I doubt it. Um, the response, as I was saying, uh, circling back to that was so bad in 1996, they changed it. They changed it to something called the super system. It's still an R zone super system, which got rid of the little mirror piece, put it down on a little screen and it was gigantic. It ran on four double D batteries. It went from double a to four double a to four double D in this giant thing. But really such a thing as a double D battery or D battery, man, I'm just saying double D battery. Cool. Yeah. But it did this one cool thing that they took away in the next version. So in 1996, when this thing came out, they created these little slides that go over your LCD cartridge. It's a little color slide that snaps on top of the LCD cartridge to project a color background image. It's a static image, but instead of being fully red migraine-inducing screen, it changed it up to color. And uh, that was really... Hold on. That's a big statement. It changed it up to color. 
Yeah. The LCD images are still just black, but it's projected yes. onto a, a background now. Yes. Which was cool. And so some of the games they had already released then came back out with these. And I think they're, oh man, I forget what they're called. Super slides or something um, that attach for it. And those are pretty cool. I mean, we're just talking about the system. We'll get into some of the games and some of the collectability. And if you should collect this, because this is the, so you want to collect our zone. And the answer is no, you don't don't do that. Do not collect the R zone. But if you do, we'll give you some info. Okay. I want, it's the R zone super screen, not the R zone super system. And what's the screen? The screen's maybe like five or six inches. It's a pretty big screen. It's much bigger than the tiny LCD mirror on your on your head. Yeah, so the other two the other two systems project the image onto a mirror, which is dumb. This one projects it through a magnifying glass onto a screen. Plus, they added the color backgrounds, which is a feature I don't think they needed to add. I think it shows someone over at Tiger Electronics was trying to salvage this. They were like, some engineer was like, I told you that headset was super dumb. We should have just went with my handheld or or with my tabletop arcade design in the first place. And look, we can add color to it. And it's only going to cost us an extra 35 cents per cartridge. I'm a genius. Well, I mean, it also, still looks too, it has a backlight like Tiger Games don't have backlights. This one has its no, own backlight. This is the one to get. That's why it took so much more in the battery department. Also, Tiger already made handhelds. They should have been thinking like they just wanted to be the virtual boy. Like they just wanted to capitalize on that market. But really, their strength was handhelds, and that's what they should have done. And that's what they went back to. And so, like, also, no one went back to this weird headset idea. Thank goodness. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, well, I guess they, they have kind of come back to the headset now if you consider all the actual VR headsets that are out. But, uh, yeah, this was this was a terrible idea. Well, what came after the super screen, Johnny? The super screen, uh, my favorite, the XPG, which stands for Extreme Pocket Game, which is weird because they just made it smaller and they they brought back like kind of the projected mirror-like screen, but now it sits in your hand. So it was like more portable because you could kind of put it in your pocket, but not really. And it was still pretty big and still had a gross array of buttons on it. Went Now it went down to like four AA batteries again. Um, yeah, so it, it's fine, but they took away the functionality of of the screen like they took Do away not the color say background fine you can't make a handheld where you have to look at a mirror so it's tiny too it's, it's tiny so it's ridiculous. so small it's so small but people say that that's the one to get and i think they're wrong they're like because of the battery i'm like no 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 just that's wrong if you have to play this thing go get the the super uh the super I, screen no if you have to play it get the the headgear because that's the iconic one if people when you say oh i played an r zone people are imagining you in a stupid headset i i get that but i'm saying if you actually want to play a game and not die go Do get the super screen you want to play a game yeah also the super screen came in boxes in europe so you could get a boxed one rather than this awful like that super sharp blister packaging that everybody like hates and actually is responsible for a certain amount of deaths each year yeah don't okay so that i'm with you there so the the super screen uh the boxed one that came out in europe is probably the nicest r zone thing you can get absolutely and it comes i think it was 
packaged with uh, Battle Arena to Shinden. And that's like the other thing about this. So a lot of the games for this system were packaged with actual R-Zone. So it wasn't just like, here's the one console you buy. It, like any one of the, like half the games that they released with, which is questionable, and we'll get into why that's questionable in a minute, but they just bundled with the headset and were like, you could get this one. And even with the XPGA or the, the XPG, they, they did the same thing. They just started bundling games with it and uh, like putting art for the game because throwing up a big license piece of art for Star Wars or many of the other licensed titles that this system had, I think helped sell a lot better than, um, you know, otherwise would have with just relying on the R zone name to carry it. I think every single game is licensed except. Indy 500, Indianapolis 500, I'm sure they didn't actually license from NASCAR. Uh, I'm not sure. Area 51 is probably licensed. Well, Mask had... of Zorro is based on probably a public domain property. No, Mask of Zorro is, I think, the Antonio Banderas movie oh my God. of the time. Um, okay, so football is like the one unlicensed game and Indy 500? Yeah, but I think, it isn't Indy 500 a game? Because they, they did have a license with Sega, but Indy 500 may not. So... What happened was they Hasbro bought uh, Tiger bought like uh, which I was a subsidiary of Hasbro at the time. I don't know if it still is, but they bought out Texas Instruments and like the licenses they held, and then uh, got in on some of that Sega action because Sega gave their license to anyone because they were always trying to make a buck in the nineties. So they got they have like a bunch of big name license titles. But before we get to that, can I can I ask you to tell me? Because there was four different versions we talked about. Before we get into all the license games, can you tell me what the last version is? Because it's actually the rarest and the coolest one. Uh, I remember we had a mini R-Zone, so you want to collect where we brought this up. This is not the first time. The R-Zone data zone is coming Woo! up on uh, Get in the zone! That's, that's AutoZone. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it is a handheld organizer with an R-Zone built into it. Now... Johnny, I want to make sure no one misunderstands here. This also comes in a cardboard box, by the way. Yeah. Um, this is not an R zone that doubles as a handheld organizer. And by handheld organizer, if you're like under 20 years old, <laughs> um, a little foldy electronic thing. It's got a little uh, rubber chiclet keyboard and literally two lines of an LCD screen. And you'd use it to put in like your contacts and memos and use it as a calculator, things like that. I genuinely used one of these as a kid. I had my contacts in a handheld electronic organizer. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. So it is one of those, like just the whole unit and then to the side, like not centered at all on the left side of the unit, there's an R zone screen. And this one, no red, no bullshit, no nothing. It's just a backlight behind the cartridge. So you are literally playing R-Zone on the one-inch R-Zone cartridge. Oh, it's it's the coolest thing. It, like, by far, it's the R-Zone thing to have. I love it. It, it is. It's also rare and hard to find. I've and never seen one for sale. The, the prices are whatever they are. And there's a variety. Like, I think there's two varieties of packaging that this thing came in. But yeah, it, it's just a PDA. And uh, good luck finding one. Um, and there are R-Zone people out there collecting, but... I would say of the consoles, this is the most collectible by far. And then I would say the super, the super screen is, is next, but yeah, people like the XPG. I don't know why, but 
Like I, I'm guessing the, the XPG has bright red lights. It might be the easiest to play. Maybe, but, but coolest. This is the coolest by far. Like not even close. Oh yeah, Runaway. Like if I found one of these for like a reasonable price, I'd buy it and just like put it in my my game room because like how cool is that? I mean, it's so dumb. It's it's dumb, but comes back around. That wasn't even last. You would think that's last. The data zone was ninety seven. See, all right, I, I might have been just reading bad data because I read somewhere the data zone was 96. So R zone 95, super screen and XP, super screen 96, and then XPG 97, and then data zone also 97? Data zone m- might be even 98, but yeah, 97, I'm Who, pretty sure. Where did they sell an R zone data zone? What uh, section of the store, of which store does that go in? Maybe Best Buy? Like, I, I don't know. Like, remember. It's hard to imagine now, but in the 90s, electronic stores were a lot different. Like, I'm, could you have gone into, uh, I don't know, a Babbage's or like something? Radio Shack? Yeah. Like, any one of these kind of stores. It's just Things have gizmo. changed. Yeah. All right. Um, You're right. So, I mean, it's a lot different now. Like, like at one Best point, Buy used Best to Buy- have neat electronic gizmos, and now it's just like, yeah, everything's a screen. I could do everything on my phone. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, once upon a time, Best Buy didn't sell washers and dryers and ovens, you know? That was that was like a little zone, like a little area. Now they're just like, yeah, we sell home stuff because we got to sell something. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, now if you need a vacuum and not games or CDs and movies, uh, go, go to Best Buy. And if you need all that other stuff, go to Amazon. I guess it's anyway. a uh, it's a good time to mention that the poor R zone, <laughs> after its maybe year and a half of life, honestly, it's hard to believe that R zone lasted as long as it did. I think a year and a half for such like a clearly dead on arrival console, it, this got more support than it really deserved. Oh, absolutely! Um, like can, I can't imagine all the licensed titles it has. It's just because, yeah, I mean, because Tiger has an embarrassment of licenses. Like, they've been doing this for so long. They're just like, yeah, we could slap huge licenses on whatever the fuck. People do not give a shit. Yeah. Because, like, back then, like, now everything is like, oh, don't don't touch our license. We're really, we really we care about our license. Brand integrity. We got to protect the <laughs> brand. Back in the 90s, it was like, make that dollar any way I could. Who cares? At, like, plus Sega. Like, Sega in the 90s had no idea what's going on. They're just like, please, we need any money. It was killed in 1997 to make room for the Gamecom, which G- game one two punt right the Game.com. You are cr- oh no I I think when you turn it on it says Gamecom. Uh, does it? But yes. like how ni- like this is the R Zone is super 90s like early mid 90s and the Gamecom is just the most late 90s early 2000 idea ever. Like calling it .com, they're like, hey kids, heard of that internet .com. <laughs> just the worst. I know I know this isn't a Gamecom uh episode, but I just want to say did Tiger actually own game.com because it would be really funny if they did. Oh my god. Even in the late 90s game.com probably a pretty hot domain. Yeah, they might have had to pay someone a thousand dollars for it. Uh, I mean, probably all the R Zone profits, at least. There were squatters. There was domain squatters from the start, so uh, you would think that that would have got taken. Let's go into some. Uh, we we have a format that we do in the show when we when we do this, and we have like certain questions. So, Tyler, was there a mascot? No, Johnny. Why are we no, doing no. the format for an R Zone? I'm trying to maintain some sort of integrity to the So You Want to Collect episodes. I. 
I wanted to do it straight at the start, but we came out and we're like, haha, this is the joke episode. Don't listen to it. No one cares about Art Zone. But we're doing it for serious. We're, we got more information it. than anyone, apparently. We do. We like, and I know you're gonna listen to this and you're like, Johnny mispronounced one of the things. Trust me, we're so much further along than all the other websites. It's very sad. If you have a great R Zone website, please send it to me because it is slim pickings. I mean, okay? You're gonna have to like clean this up and publish it somewhere. Um, I'll leave it to you. You can and part right, of- I don't just like put it in like a Google Doc or or, uh, or something and and post it somewhere just because it's ridiculous. Like the the Wikipedia article has it doesn't even say Daytona USA. It says Daytona Racing. Yeah. And all the other websites, like literally, if you look for a list of R Zone games on the first page of Google, you will find a tripod.com page. And it will be just some guy who's an R Zone fan. And he has a list of games. It's entirely wrong. And it's just like, here's a list of all the games that I've seen advertised. If you think something's wrong, please email me and I'll fix it. And I'm like, this is the level. This is first page of Google results here. Uh, first, also on first page are like four different websites that say there are only eight games. <laughs> anyway, there's 27 games to continue our our format here, uh, Johnny. All of them are licensed, and almost all of them are literally licenses. Uh, and there are are there two regional exclusives. There Is are two correct? regional. Ex- there are two regional exclusives because you know not every game worth coming out in every region. Right. <laughs> Price of a full collection, loose slash complete. I bet it would take you years to get a full R Zone collection. So any price we could even make up now wouldn't even be correct by the time you collect it. Uh, uh I mean, maybe. Let's mm. see. I, w- I mean, if you are I'm Stephen, looking at the if- list. I'm gonna say you're gonna spend. Three thousand dollars to complete an R Zone collection. Uh, if you were Stefan, how long would it take you? The problem is, like, where are you going to find it? Like, the rare games yeah. just seem to not show up. And Stefan, if you're Stefan, you probably want them all sealed or something, because it'd probably be somewhat doable to get them all sealed. Hmm. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Are uh, you are you doing I, math? I'm doing math. I'm doing math. Uh, 1100, 1150, uh, two. 1300 14 about 1700 say depending on how much these ones cost which are all hard to find yeah between i, I think between 2000 and 3000 is not far off on your estimate so i think the one thing our zone has going for it in terms of some, like some of these cartridges are genuinely seem rare uh, usually for consoles like this, they seem to really top out once you get more than a couple hundred dollars. What is it? Like one of the rarest N-Gage games is Wheel of Fortune 2. And like, they just don't turn up. But when they turn up, I know they only go for like a couple hundred to maybe $300. At least in the past. I haven't looked at prices in the past couple of years. You might have the hardcore people going after a Mask of Zora that turns up, but even they're going to tap out after a few hundred bucks because it's an R-Zone game. Yeah, I mean... The demand just isn't there. Even though, if you look, our zone auctions complete. I don't understand it, especially if there's like one of these rarer games or harder to find games in there. Yeah, um, it, it's crazy. It's crazy that as many people out there know about our zone and also buy our zone games. I, I think there's plenty of people like me who just have an our zone and some games because like the common games are really cheap. 
and just, you know, they'll buy like Daytona and whatever, or they just want Panzer Dragoon because it's like the coolest licensed game. But there are clearly people that are bidding a couple hundred dollars for some lots that have like the one cool game. So there's a, we'll just mention it now. There's a lot going for like $130 right now with a bunch of junk. It's got like a headgear and some games. But it has Road Rash 3, and it's the only Road Rash 3 on eBay. There's none in solds. It's definitely one of the rarer games. And I know that the top two bidders only want that Road Rash 3. So they're going to fight over it. If you find any forum post, too, people will mention Road Rash 3. They'll also mention uh, Independence Day as games they don't find. Um, But I think our most expensive rare game is Mask of Zorro, uh, which came out in 1998. So, which is weird because it died in 1997, but this is Europe we're talking about. So it may have lived a longer, a little longer there, but we don't know because there's no good information for how long it lasts. I know Mask of Zorro is 1998 because that's the copyright date on the cartridge. There's not even a list of dates on car, uh, which aren't that hard to find, but there's no dates for like when the game's released or anything at all anywhere. It, it just doesn't exist so we found some on the carts that we're going by. But anyways, Mask of Zorro, 1998. It was a UK exclusive, and it was only a packing in the UK, but it was sold individually in the Netherlands, as if that needed to be that complicated. So I can see that going for some money. It just doesn't turn up very often. So I don't have a solid price on that. But games like Panzer Dragoon, uh, which goes for at least 250 to like 100 to 250 and that w- wasn't a sealed one, um, even though there's a lot right now with one available for 500, that one sold for over 250 before. So that's like one of the big ones. VR Troopers is another one of so most expensive games. Uh, I don't think we said what the launch game was, and that was Indy 500, which came out in 1995. But I think I was saying Primal Rage 1994. So who knows? Uh, though the system didn't come out till 95. I don't know if they were just borrowing the old Primal Rage copyright number. The system is so bad. Everything about this system is so bad. But uh, what least expensive games, Tyler? Can you tell me what the least expensive games are? Just a couple of them. And just tell me about them I will give you all the games that seem super easy to find sealed. How about Johnny? You can get Batman Forever, Battle Arena Tashinden, Daytona Racing. I'm sorry, Daytona USA. We copied the Wikipedia thing, apparently. Primal Rage, Star Wars Jedi Adventure, Star Wars Millennium Falcon Challenge. Uh, I think... one of those there's like a ton of virtual cop and virtual fighter 2 and there's probably others because there's definitely more than that that you could find sealed but those are like if you want a sealed our zone game you're going to get one of those and it's going to be like probably 40 bucks yep for 30 to 40 dollars the loose ones wind up being like 20 but the sealed ones are usually like 30 you will find more if you open up your search to be worldwide so if you are looking for this do a worldwide search because this was a global system for some reason. Do those European ones run at 50 hertz, though? I, it's a I'm, handheld. <laughs> it runs at like two frames a second. Yeah. Yeah. Like how many frames? Like the fact that you're like LCD games are fine. They have some charm. You're like, but all my games need to run at 60 frames a second, except these ones. I'm so not weird. saying oh, I'm not calling it good. I'm calling it the best you could do with limited resources you have. So, um, we listed most expensive games, actual rare games, I think are also include football, which is also called soccer and also has another name. I'm, uh, that I believe is French that I can't say it was a France, uh, an exclusive to France. 
and it is uh, football, soccer. You know that it's called football on the cartridge. To be clear, I'm not just Americanizing this. But it, like I said, also three titles. That one, Mask of Zorro, aren't showing up. But if you were just looking at the the U.S. Road Rash, like Tyler said, is another one. Um, VR Troopers does not show up. Um, Wait, well, there was a VR Troopers sold on eBay in one lot. But was that, that the was one the that went for five fifty? But it was best offer. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Jesus. So, Independ- Independence Day is another one, and I think Panzer Dragon shows up. But it isn't very expensive. Also, Star Wars Imperial Assault seems like fairly uncommon. Does like it shows up, but I haven't seen it in sealed very often. And I think that has to do with a lot of these were, were bundled with consoles. We'll talk about which ones were. Um, there there may be more. This is by no means comprehensive. Uh, it's just what I could find in my my limited searching. So um, okay, I just want to correct you. You said Panzer Dragoon is not very expensive. It is. By far one of the most expensive games no, because it's, it's one of the it's, ones collectors uh, go for. It's expensive, but I don't think it's uh, very uncommon. I, I mean, yeah, I think oh, it's yeah. uncommon, but not not. Uh, it's expensive. Same with like Nights into Dreams. Well, Nights yes. into Dreams you have put as rare, but that's a hundred dollars because it's Nights into Dreams. Exactly. There are some games that just have a higher collector appeal. Like if I was gonna buy an R Zone game, I would want Nights into Dreams. Like the oh, Star yeah. Wars games for me, even more than uh, Panzer Dragoon, but. Yeah, Nights into Dreams, like, oh man, Nights into Dreams, cool. That's a cool one. This other stuff is just like, oh, licensed movie stuff. Nights into Dreams, that's like a real game. Same with Road Rash. Are you going to buy uh, Star Wars Millennium Falcon Challenge? I'm going to just say most common R-Zone sealed game. It is super, super common. If I ever buy an R-Zone, I'll be be sure to get that with it. You're not going to get one? Come on. After doing all this, this compiling of information you don't want one now remember when you were telling me that doing the research is good enough and you don't just need to collect everything that the research can be part of the hobby yes oh do you hate <laughs> I, when I'm i trying... use your words against you so no yes but also like <laughs> usually you find something interesting and you're like oh i want to go collect this because there's something interesting about this game that no one even thinks about but I guess the interesting things we found are like, oh, yeah, the clearly rarest games are the ones that are the most expensive, because even though no one cares about this or compiles this info, there's clearly like five people out there who are like, oh, yeah, Mask of Zorro, Football and Independence Day are some games to have, guys. Absolutely. Um, we have a section for in-demand games or key franchises. It's basically the Sega, like all this is licensed, so everything is a key franchise, essentially. There's like, I'm just going to run through the whole list of games real quick. There's only 27. <laughs> Apollo 13, Area 51, Batman and Robin, Batman Forever, Battle Arena Tishinden, Daytona USA, Football, like Independence that. Day, uh, Indy 500, Judge Dredd, The Lost World Jurassic Park, Mask of Zorro, Men in Black, Mortal Kombat 3, Mortal Kombat Trilogy, Knights into Dreams, Panzer Dragoon, Primal Rage, Road Rash 3, Star Wars Imperial Assault, Jedi Adventure, Millennium Falcon Challenge, and Star Wars Rebel Forces, Virtua Cop, Virtua Fighter, Virtua Fighter 2, and VR Troopers, When Worlds Collide. What the fuck is the difference between Virtua Fighter and Virtua Fighter 2? What On an R-Zone, what is the difference between Mortal Kombat 3 and Mortal Kombat Trilogy? The the little image that, you know, pops up. That's it. It's got to be the exact same gameplay. 
I, you know, it probably it could just be the same logic. I mean, what if the, the kids are stupid? They're not going to know. They're, I bet a bunch of these games use the same logic as like older Tiger handhelds. Because I mean, absolutely, what needs fact, to be different? They're probably identical. In fact, there are some Tiger LCD handhold handhelds that have the exact same name as these Arzo games. I no. have not. They ported the dedicated console to a cartridge. That's like amazing technology, Johnny. Why? I don't know if they did that or not, because I, I, there's not a lot of gameplay footage for me to check. Because I, oh, I tried to look that up. Just like, yeah, to be clear, if you wanted to get a picture of every R-Zone cartridge, there isn't a website that would show you all of them. I think you could probably no, there is. find all there is. Oh, there, there is. There is. And I'll, I'll just tell people, the vgcollectorguide.com slash tiger dash r dash zone. Okay. That is All right. Website. Let me follow it up with this. If you want to find footage of every R Zone game, you definitely can't find footage of all them. No, you can certainly you find footage of like Panzer Dragoon and some of the more common and popular games. Uh, I have no idea what Mask of Zorro is, Johnny. I have no idea what football is. Um, and what was the other? Also, you can't emulate this shit. So I figured before this episode, I'm like, I'm gonna do my research, guys. I'm going to find the best R-Zone game because I've played, I have like five R-Zone games and it's emulated in MAME, but there's only three ROMs that have ever been dumped. So MAME emulates like Battle Arena to Shinjin, Indy 500 and Batman Forever, I think. And that's it. Those are the only R-Zone games you can emulate. So this system isn't even preserved. I don't even think this is like a super obscure system. It is just insane that no one cares about the R zone. We were just talking about in the last episode that there was a guy working on the 3DO emulator who was so unhappy with the emulation progress of 3DO that he went off and he made his own 3DO emulator that 100% is 100% compatible with every 3DO game from every region. You're telling me there's not one weird person who's into obscure consoles that was willing to compile information or dump every R zone cartridge or something. There's well, no R zone fan that has it's like crazy into it. Well, there there was about a year ago on Reddit. They talked about how it finally made it to Android that you could finally play R zone games emulated. The problem is the dumping. No one has dumped all the games. Yeah, I mean that just means that Android is running Mame probably because it's yeah, just uh, in Mame. But yeah, yeah. man. So, yeah, there's, like, well, no that, footage of this stuff either. Yeah, if you the, want like, to check the These are practically right... lost games. Guys, talking about yeah, we stuff you can't... We just did an episode on that. You can't play unless you own it. Literally our zone games. Yes. Uh, what else did we forget to mention? The Vectrex in that episode, so... Womp, womp, womp. Someone brought Sorry, that up. Like, you can't have the experience of a vector monitor. I mean, that's the whole cool thing. You can have a vector yeah. monitor at home with the Vectrex. That's uh, a little I, overrated. Don't, uh, don't tell you, the man. collector people I said it. Vectrex sucks. Yeah. Same. Uh, there are people going to be like, what? And they're, but what, <laughs> what about they all the overlays? <laughs> the overlays! Just so the R-Zone copied overlays. it. And we're saying it's the worst system ever. Yep. Anyways, um, what else can we say about this system? Wait, um, Johnny, I just want to also bring up in terms of data, I am 1 million percent sure. You Correct me if I'm wrong. There isn't a source that says which games come with overlays and which don't. So you'll oh. never, you don't even know no. if your collection's 100% complete, if you're no. collecting for the Arza. Well, and I know there are instances of games that come with it and then don't come with it, oh, depending on when it was released. No! <laughs> yeah. Does it count if you have the version of the game that doesn't come with the overlay? Yes. Yeah. Mm. 
I don't know. What if you only have a super system? Um, well, you should only have a super system and you should endeavor to get the super or system. Super. Those super screen, because that's the better one. That's that's the one to collect because it has the extra thing. And a lot of them, you might find it, but if it's loose and they didn't have that thing attached to the screen the whole time, then that thing could just be lost to time because it's just a little just a little slide that clips over it. I want to imagine that there was some kid super into our zone and he really enjoyed mixing up his uh his background. Oh, He's like, Oh, I'm driving the Millennium Falcon through Panzer Dragoon. Oh, this is the coolest. I didn't ever even think of that, honestly. <laughs> that's that's a wild idea. Man, you could modify your own games. <laughs> Make your anyway. own fun. Man, it's a whole new level. I bet the, the person who invented it definitely thought of that. He's like, Oh man, kids are gonna love this. It's gonna be collectible. They're gonna trade their backgrounds with each other. <laughs> That sounds awful. Uh, so we we talked about key franchises, recommended games. Tower, they're, they're, we're not recommending any games for this system. I Super mean, get Indy Five Hundred. It's the pack in. Yeah. It's the first yeah. title. It's historic. Johnny. But every but every game is like a pack in for this stupid thing. I- <laughs> uh, super cheap games that you should buy. They're not like all the basic games. If you want to play it, there we Tyler gave you that list of common games that are all about twenty five to forty dollars. Those those are the ones. Uh, expensive stuff that's worth it. Meh. Whatever, if you're in the R zone, like, I, there's nothing, if you're th- if there's no game that's like, that one's awesome. These other ones are dog shit, but this one, no. I just find the one you like and play that one and enjoy your weird LCD experience. Panzer so, Dragoon looks fine. <laughs> I won't say it looks good. <laughs> yeah. So we have cl- a section that's called collector stuff. Variants, uh, cool corner case stuff. I guess Anything? go over all these bundles if that's what you want to go over. Yeah, I'm going to real quick. So as we were saying, lots of games were packed in with like the headset and like the obnoxious R-Zone advertising. So I can tell you uh, just a list of some of the games that I've seen confirmed. This is confirmed, not necessarily all of them, just the ones I have confirmed. Batman and Robin was seen with the XPG. Batman Forever with the R-Zone, that's the headset version. Battle Arena Tshinden uh, with the super screen, at least in Europe, came in a box, but also here in that obnoxious plastic. Independence Day uh, came with the R-Zone. I'm sorry, Indy 500, considered to be the release title, came with the R-Zone. Mortal Kombat 3, R-Zone. Nights into Dreams with the R-Zone. Star Wars Jedi Adventure with the XPG. Star Wars The Millennium Falcon Challenge with the R-Zone. Virtual Fighter with the R-Zone. And VR Troopers When Worlds Collide with the R-Zone. Here's another thing. So when all this was happening, when the systems were like scrapped, when the headset system was scrapped for the super screen, they still sold at the exact same time. They were still being sold together. Just because they changed the design, they didn't say, get them all off the floor, don't sell those anymore. They just left what was remaining on the shelves. So it was it still is, selling. It's crazy how much of a like throw shit at the wall approach they had to designing the fundamental thing that makes their console a console, like what it is. Yes. I, and that caused some more confusion. And then when the XPG came out, the extreme pocket game, uh, like people thought that was like a better design, a better idea and like smaller. But by that time, people were already over it. So it failed. Failed. Yeah. Because just it continued was, its fail. Failure. Okay. Arc. 1996 what game boy color game was out in 1990 the game Game boy color was that 1996 or 97 yeah i mean also the playstation and the n6 like why why would this be the thing you wanted to play 
Oh man, Game Boy Color didn't come out till 98. All right, let's get a 1996 Game Boy game. Let's see what the R Zone was up against. I mean, the R Zone doesn't compete well against Atari games. That is very true. And that's coming from Johnny. And Johnny's an asshole and doesn't like Atari games for some reason. Yeah. Like, there is not an R Zone game that's better than Pitfall. Well, I mean, I mean, the first Pitfall. The first Pitfall. But (laughs) I like Pitfall too, as well. But it's not what we're saying. Like, it can't compete against that. It can't compete against, like, Kaboom. There's just not there. The experience is so limited. Why does this thing have four buttons for such a limited? Uh, the Atari had one button and did a better job of being a video game than this thing did with four buttons. And it's a uh, 3d virtual reality graphics. And this thing has four unique star Wars games on it. And I still I don't mean pretty good system for a star Wars collector. Maybe the highest percentage of a console library of star Wars games. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in a dead zone for star Wars. Like there wasn't a lot going on in star Wars. Like the, to- the new toys had just come out, but there was no like movies. Really? There was some hype about the special editions coming up, but there was not, not much going on in star Wars world in 1995. Just so you guys know. Um, anyways, what else do we, we have on this? Uh, Variant stuff. We talked about the box system in Europe. Um, let's see. Were special editions a thing? No, because there was just lots of console editions. So you didn't really have special editions. Also, during this time frame, there wasn't really that. Um, hey, Tyler, are there any aftermarket or homebrew games for this? Not that I know of, because I don't think anyone's manufacturing tiny LCDs. <laughs> hey, what about accessories or magazines? Uh, or any of that other stuff, like, you know, cases and stuff that they make ad nauseum to hold your games and stuff. Surely there was those. Um, so, you know, considering how much hardware they put out, I'm surprised they didn't put out like a case for your R-Zone games. But I guess yeah. nobody bought multiples of them. They probably, probably everyone who bought an R-Zone bought an R-Zone and like maybe one or two games. And then they bought another game out of just like sunk cost. And then they're like, uh, okay. Like so maybe like I just no one got ever the bought bad enough game. to need a case. Yeah. Maybe I got the bad game. Nope. Turns out that was just all of them. Um, Tyler, are there like repros for this system? Are there things oh, you got to well, be aware you, uh, of? You skipped, uh, skipped something here, Johnny. Uh, unless you brought Oh, what? Uncommon Sorry, games that aren't expensive yet. Johnny, half of the R zone. And yeah. by not expensive yet, I mean probably like $100. But the rarity of a hundred dollar R zone cartridge compared to the rarity of a hundred dollar super Nintendo cartridge, Johnny on orders of magnitude difference. You could have something so rare for a hundred dollars. Yeah. You could get get star Wars rebel forces three road rash road rage three. Yeah. Maybe you could find a VR troopers. Who knows? (laughs) Um, anyways, are there, are there, uh, repros for this game that might definitely our our (laughs) collectors. I, I, it would like it would be a service to video game preservation, genuinely a service to video game preservation. If someone made repros for the art, absolutely. <laughs> like this is going to be the one time I'm like, please, please do this. Like, hey, limited run games. You hear this? Where's where's my R Zone games? I think Game and Watch Gallery is that's definitely a worthwhile product. I have most of the Game and Watch games I've played. Are from Game and Watch Gallery, and I think they've they've done like little re-releases and and little mini games in some of their other games as well. Because who has fucking game? No one has Game and Watches anymore. So Nintendo releasing those games constantly has been awesome. 
I would buy the R Zone collection, Johnny. I would buy the R Zone collection too, but 100%. because everything is licensed, it would be a nightmare. Oh. Would never get made. Those damn licensors. Yeah, would never happen. Yeah. Okay. Right. What's the current outlook for this system? Sorry, we we've talked about there. There's also a section that's regional exclusives. As a reminder, Mask of Zorro, UK standalone Netherlands packing only in the UK. Football France. All right. Um, what's the outlook for this system? Anything? I'm going to tie this into the next question. Should you collect this system, Johnny? All right. This episode has changed my outlook on the R-Zone because I think the outlook is grim. And learning that only three games out of 27 can be emulated and most of them, like not most of them, like half of them are pretty rare. And they're like these little one by one inch cartridges that are the easiest thing in the world to lose or throw out. I am worried for the future of R-Zone. It makes me want to collect more R-Zone games. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say you should. I'm going to take the opposite, but this perfectly ties into your logic, especially given our last episode. So I'm with you. I agree with your logic. I, I don't think you should collect this. I, I think it's neat. I would, I would love to see your complete R-Zone collection. I can't really recommend going out there and get, but if you wanted to show me a list of games... There's hard to find, and I'm not saying the games itself, but a list of like titles that look good. Like, yeah, like these are all baller licenses. Like, looks pretty cool. Yeah, you you're doing it uh, on on name uh, as far as gameplay, not so much. But that's not really what we're about. So, well, uh, I so still don't think back, you should. Going back to being a collector, I think if I was going to buy my next R Zone game, I think it would probably be Panzer Dragoon because let's be real. But am I going to spend $200 on an R-Zone cartridge? Or, or let's say one shows up for $300, $400 sealed, because R-Zone games aren't the hardest thing in the world to find sealed when they do show up. Probably just because the sealed package is so much bigger, so it was harder to throw out. Um, if I buy a sealed R-Zone game, and the whole reason I'm collecting R-Zone is because these games are getting lost to history... It being sealed does nothing to help me. Like, I want to know what the fuck the Apollo 13 R-Zone game is. I That's probably one of the games I can't find footage of on YouTube. I think, it, no. like, the whole reason I would buy that, uh, spend $50 to $75, I'm going to guess, on that, would be to be like, what is this game? Who made an Apollo 13 game? But if I bought a sealed, I can't play it. But if I buy a loose cartridge, I have $100 tied up in this potato chip of a cartridge that is such a piece of garbage. So I feel like either way I'm losing. Because from the preservationist sense, I don't want to spend a lot of money on games that I don't see as very collectible. But if I buy the sealed versions, which still display very poorly because they're in blister packs, then I, I don't get any of the preservation. So uh, yeah, I if don't you were going to collect this, you should buy a pegboard and just hang those things up like you were a store. So it's interesting. You brought up Apollo 13. I wanted to say something about Apollo 13. There's not like really a video game version of Apollo 13. Cause this is based off the movie that came out in the nineties. There isn't a good, there's not like a game of that. All these other ones, I think maybe not mask of Zora, but there are like video game versions of these, but Apollo 13, I think was only as a pinball machine, right? Uh, yeah. 13 ball, multi-ball. So game, I think, I mean, makes sense because this was all like Sega licenses. So, yeah. um, but there's like that's that makes Apollo 13 very cool. Like, also maybe Mask of Zorro. Like, maybe they don't have these. I like some of the Star Wars ones because they're individual titles. 
Like, oh, come grow- on. Don't make me want to buy an R Zone game by pointing out that it's like the only Apollo 13 game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that's what we're here for. Same with like Independence Day. Like that makes these games cooler. No, and, Independence like, Day is on a bunch of Independence Day definitely is, is a PlayStation game. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also a Saturn game yeah. and the PS1. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got that one wrong. Sorry. But um Apollo 13, Mask of Zorro. I want to look into Mask of Zorro. VR Troopers when worlds collide. Is that like a thing? Is There's that the full name of VR be Troopers? Japanese VR Troopers games. So uh but also the Star Wars games, like I said, they're like these aren't there. I I'm curious about these. I'm not interested in football, but like what I about mean, Men in if Black? If you're interested in game? Star Wars, there's there's more garbage Star Wars if you need that. Because I grew up with the Game Wizard, which is a handheld you've probably never heard of. It's another one of these LCD things with cartridges, and I had three Star Wars games for that. Really? Yeah. Well, putting that on the list. Thanks, oh yeah, Tyler. go get a Game Wizard. See, that's that's another one of these things like Flight Simulator '98. Uh, where Game Wizard was g- genuinely a part of my childhood. I bought it new, I think. It, like, it was like a grandparent gift. It's like, here, I know you like video games. Here's this terrible LCD thing. But because I'm a kid, like, I still played my Game Wizard, even though I knew it was a pile of shit. Yeah, look at this, Johnny. There's one, uh, three, all three Star Wars games and the console, $15 free shipping. There's a day left. Now okay, that I said me. that, and this video, and this has to go up April 1st, I think you have time, probably. Yeah, s- send me the link. Send me the link. Anyways, what else are we going to say about this system? Uh, Any other further recommendations? Any other stuff you want to throw at this? I am surprised how rare and interesting it is and how this almost was a real episode in a sense. Wait, we didn't also mention the, the hardware compared like the games are a bunch of like really rare games for the R zone hardware is garbage except for like the data zone you could just go get an R zone and you could get a sealed R zone pretty easily regardless of model yeah it's the so, games I, that are really the hard part yeah and the super screen goes for about 200 like 150 loose to 220 if you want it sealed maybe even 250 that's the one i would buy but yeah, the, the headset one. Yes, if you want the Instagram picture, buy the headset. If you want the full R-Zone experience that was the 90s commercial, get the headset. If you are actually interested in playing, super screen. I'm also surprised a little bit about this because I started digging into this and I was like, oh man, the information is so bad. How will we, How will I get enough scraps to like put an episode doc together for this? <laughs> I, I think we got there. So if, if you're out there listening to this being like, man, this is really scattered what happened i promise there just wasn't a lot I, oh i did want to talk about some of uh before we go the rumored games so there was there was like these sites have all their information about there are some games that were canceled like avp bugs life godzilla sonic r was going to be on this thing and then rumored was like spawn was initially like said it was going to be a game in 1995 like in the release window there was going to be a spawn game didn't happen but star trek and then also Waterworld and a NASCAR game people said were canceled, but they were just rumored on some other sites. So go look at their list of like canceled games. They Some of them, some people swear that a Waterworld exists. And I know, Tyler, that would be something that interests you deeply if there was a Waterworld. I mean, I am a pretty you, big fan of Waterworld. I do like I that. know. <laughs> um, but I, I don't think so. I have not found any evidence. Just people saying, like, I'm pretty sure there's a Waterworld. And there's no list, even of the bad lists out there that I've checked, and I, I cross-checked all of them. That's it. I think the 27 we, we listed to you are, are it, and then that list I just ran through are the canceled or rumored version. So just wanted to get that out there. 
I'm um, sure people are going to go back and take notes now that you said that, Johnny. Definitely. I, I hope they don't. We'll just like ask me and I'll send you the list. <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, I think that's it for this episode. I hope you found something to enjoy in here. That's it. We're not even, we're not going to do buying or collecting. This is just a quick April, uh, April fool's episode for y'all. Um, not that it's a joke, but it's kind of a joke console. There, there's a joke in there. Find it yourself. Uh, Tyler, where can we find you? I'm default gen default G E N. I'm on the video game sages and I'm going to go post something to Instagram. Cause I haven't posted in a long time. You've been absent. I know. All right. And uh, I'm Johnny underscore Ayuchi, and you can find me on Instagram, or you can find me on our Discord, uh, which you can join by becoming a patron for as little as two or as much as six, but $4 is the sweet spot where you get extra content. Anyways, if you want to join, it's a collector, it's patreon.com slash collectors quest. Find it. Uh, great, great bunch of people, but that's it for the episode. We're out of here. Have a nice day, night, week, whatever you're doing. Bye.